Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my deep dive article podcast MP3ization of the research that I've been doing on metformin. This pharmaceutical is an insulin hack and the most studied diabetes drug, yet remains highly controversial as an anti-aging and longevity tool for biohackers like you and me. Before I get into this article, I want to just give you a heads up on a couple of things. First of all, there is a feature of podcasts that I have just recently started utilizing, which is kind of remarkable because I've been listening to podcasts for, geez, probably about a decade now, and I just figured out that they have the 1.5x, 2x, 1.25x speed adjustment, which is going to kind of make me sound like a chipmunk, I realize, but, you know, a very uh, sapient and knowledgeable chipmunk, the kind of chipmunk that you'd like to have in your ears if you're going to be listening to chipmunks. But I recommend maybe that you use that because I realize that some of my articles, I am accused from time to time of being a long-winded kind of guy, and I prefer thorough. I prefer thorough as opposed to long-winded, but that 1.5 speed adjustment can make what I have to tell you about metformin a whole lot more consumable. It can make it make a whole lot more sense. So there might be some of you out there that are just a little bit overwhelmed and confused about things like metformin. You're you're out there and you're looking for some type of anti-aging tool that is actually going to work, that is reasonably priced. You're willing to make a bit of an investment in your health, but you're looking for something that like is reasonably priced and has solid evidence that it's a anti-aging thing that could help you. And unfortunately, metformin, I'm going to end that the answer to that question on another question mark. Spoiler alert. However, if you're the kind of person that you're like, okay, I don't want to waste my money and I really don't want to waste my time. I've got a form on my website that I really recommend that you fill out. It's going to take about 10 to 15 minutes for you to fill out this form, but it's going to ask you some really good questions that are going to narrow down what is actually going to be effective and helpful for you. And you may be a person that's been Googling this health and biohacking stuff for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months now, maybe even longer, and maybe you're kind of overwhelmed by information that seems to be conflicting. And you're like, oh, geez, it would be helpful if I could just talk with someone. And that's what my form there on my website is for. I do, uh, I think, a really good value, affordable biohacking consulting service. And if you go and take the time to fill out that form, first of all, it'll help you to narrow down in your mind what you've tried, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked, what is probably a good option in the future, what are the realistic challenges that you face, what your goals in life are. It'll help you to make things a bit more concrete and crystallize in your mind. And it'll also allow me to make some nuanced 
recommendations to you. And if your issue is totally out of my wheelhouse, then I will respond. I'm not going to waste your time, but I also uh, won't take your money if there's nothing I can do to help you. So I'd urge you to check that out. If you're like, okay, I want to not waste time, not waste money. You're going to want to check out the form on my website, which I will link to below wherever you are listening to this podcast. So let's talk about Matt Foreman. And I got to say, guys and gals, I have met my match as a researcher, and that would be metformin. So I pride myself on being able to discern the difference between information and misinformation, between science and marketing hype, and I'm not sure if I've ascertained the truth about metformin at this point. I've tried to wrap my head around the vast amount of research and commentary on metformin, and honestly, I am not sure if metformin is a game-changing anti-aging drug or a really problematic big pharma product, and I'll explain why here. Let's talk about the scientific research first. Impressively, you can find over 17,000 papers referencing metformin and a number of human clinical trials. The most notable meta-analysis of metformin analyzed more than a dozen randomized randomized controlled trials totaling over 13,000 patients and was published in 2012 and concluded Although metformin is considered the gold standard, its benefit-risk ratio remains uncertain. And they had some indication that sofalurian bitherapy caused an increase in mortality. That's concerning. Let's talk about its history. French lilac has been used for centuries in folk medicine of which metformin's properties are derived. French lilac was a remedy for frequent urination, which is now known to be a symptom of diabetes. Quote, metformin originates from the French lilac Gallega officinalis plant, known to reduce the symptoms of diabetes mellitus. That's from a 2012 paper out of the Korean University College of Medicine. It's now an extremely popular drug with over 80,000 prescriptions written annually in the United States alone. Metformin makes an appearance in one of my favorite books, which was Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Quote, Dominic D'Agostino considers it the most promising of the anti-aging drugs from a scientific standpoint, and I would estimate that a dozen of the people in this book use it. Let's talk about its mechanism of action. There's several. The first is as a metabolism hack. Biohackers may find it helpful who have indulged for years in the standard American diet, which is rich in carbohydrates and sugars, 
and are switching to more of like a paleo or keto style of diet. Imagine a heroin or methamphetamine addict. They need their narcotics to feel normal because their feel-good neurotransmitters have been desensitized by years of abusing drugs. They can no longer take real pleasure in a succulent meal, a conversation with a friend, or having sex with their partner because their neurobiology has grown numb to serotonin and dopamine. They need to restore the sensitivity of those receptors to have a normal life. And that's sort of what metformin does by stimulating the GLUT4 receptors. As an insulin hack, insulin is a crucial hormonal regulator of our internal homeostasis from a 2012 paper detailing its mechanism. Metformin has many effects on insulin sensitivity in muscle and liver, including a decrease in hepatic glucose production, an increase in peripheral glucose utilization, and positive effects on insulin receptor expression and tyrosine kinase activity. So metformin increases the body's sensitivity to insulin and it reduces liver gluconeogenesis. This is the production of glucose. The liver converts a lot of the protein that we consume into glucose, aka sugar. Metformin prevents this, which is beneficial to gym bros, like me, who are consuming a lot of protein. If you're spending your hard-earned money on fancy whey protein powder or steak dinners, you want as much of that protein as possible to contribute to muscle growth. That's why gluconeogenesis, reducing that is a beneficial thing to guys and gals like our friend Snow White, who are trying to Unleash their inner Arnold. As an AMPK hack, or should I say AMPK, AMPK, as an AMPK hack, metformin activates the AMPK energy system, which is the endurance energy system, which switches the body over to more of a fat-burning energy mode. Naturally, the body prefers to burn glucose. The body prefers to burn sugars. Metformin hacks this, which is obviously beneficial to those who need to lose weight. A 2012 paper explains. AMP-activated protein kinase, AMPK, is an enzyme that plays a role in cellular energy homeostasis. AMPK is activated when cellular energy is depleted as an mTOR hack. From a detailed longevity article, the mechanisms for lifespan extension by metformin are not completely understood yet, but probably involve AMPK and its downstream target mTOR. mTOR is also the target of the famous life extension drug rapamycin. 
that increases lifespan in mice, both when administered early and during middle life. mTOR inhibits autophagy, thus metformin activates autophagy by inhibiting mTOR. Let me read that sentence again, just to make sure that made sense to me. mTOR inhibits autophagy. And you guys remember autophagy is when the cells are dying off on their own from, from old age. So mTOR inhibits autophagy, thus metformin activates autophagy by inhibiting mTOR. Okay, that was a little bit of a convoluted sentence and I had to, I'm glad I did my smart drugs today so I could wrap my head around it. So autophagy is a good thing because it means that the old cells are are dying off. Like imagine that you had a terrible, terrible old grandfather who everybody hated, who was annoying all the time. And well, what did everybody really hope, but nobody would really say? They hoped that a, a bit of autophagy would occur, right? So autophagy is a good thing. You want it to happen in your in your body. You don't want to have a bunch of ancient cells hanging around in your body. And mTOR, I don't totally understand mTOR, but mTOR is keeping those old cells around when younger, fresher, newer cells, you know, with their strange haircuts, listening to that strange music that they like to listen to, need to, you know, move up into, into uh, you know, their rightful position in the hierarchy of things. And mTOR is, is keeping that from happening. And so the metformin is going to keep the mTOR in check according to this. So autophagy clears cells from dysfunctional organelles such as mitochondria and other junk that can impair normal cellular functions and thereby extend lifespan. So does this mean that rapamycin is a metformin alternative? alternative? Well, I'll say possibly, although it is prohibitively expensive. More on that later. Let's talk about type versus type 2 diabetes. The notable study on metformin was the UK Prospective Diabetes Study. Over 5,000 people who were struggling with diabetes participated, making it the largest diabetes study ever. It begins with an interesting tidbit of history. Diabetes was first recognized 3,500 years ago by the ancient Egyptians. One of the most clinical descriptions was by Eretaeus, who practiced in Cappadocia around 125 AD. He wrote that the condition was unfortunately rare, but short will be the life of the man in whom the disease is fully developed. In modern society, the first statement is far from true. And that's all of the terrible British accent that you are going to hear from me in this podcast. I'm trying to keep things amusing here. Being such a substantial study, a 10-year follow-up was conducted. Quote, among patients in the metformin group, as compared with overweight patients in the conventional therapy group, significant reductions in relative risk that were observed during the interventional trial for any diabetes-related outcome. 
and a 2008 French paper also added a continued benefit after metformin therapy was evident during the 10-year post-trial follow-up among overweight patients. It would be smart to get your personal genotyping done to determine if you carry many of the 48 risk factor genes for diabetes. If you do, there's some evidence-backed preventative measures you would want to make a part of your lifestyle. Doctors will often prescribe metformin to people who are pre-diabetic, but there's a lot better options for averting diabetes than hacking your metabolism with this contentious pharmaceutical. That's right, metformin. It is quite contentious. And then in the article, you will want to check out this article if you're considering metformin because I have a quite cool infographic in there, a animated infographic, in fact, that breaks down those 48 different risk factor genes that if you've got them, you need to worry a bit about diabetes. Or if you have people in your family that have diabetes, then that means you probably have those genes. Let's talk about something a little bit different. Let's talk about uh, bodybuilding. Is AMPK quote-unquote exercise in a bottle? Well, that's the premise of a very thorough 2016 article published in EMBU reports. And it says, in mice models, insulin, okay, irisine causes some of the metabolic benefits of exercise, such as reducing weight and offsetting the negative effects of a high-fat diet. And it goes on to explain. AMPK, or AMP-activated protein kinase, was identified in 1999 as the metabolic master switch and the central regulator of both lipid and glucose metabolism, making it an obvious target for therapeutic intervention against metabolic conditions, especially type 2 diabetes. So is it exercise in a bottle? Well, that would be just a bit hyperbolic. I'm not going to go quite so far as to venture into the domain of a puffery on this podcast, which, of course, puffery is advertising statements that no reasonable person would take seriously. And exercise in a bottle is not really reasonable, is it? Maybe not in the year 2019, perhaps in the future, as we venture further into Absurdistan, we will have, ex- we will have uh, exercise in a bottle. But at this point, I think exercise can be found in the gym, not in a bottle, but AMPK is something worthy of consideration for uh, athletic people. But I'll go on to describe in this podcast why I'm a bit skeptical of it, why I don't plan to use it myself. Experiential. An effect that caught my attention was that it may be a shortcut to a more Adonis-esque body. According to Dan, the bodybuilding knowledge bro, who lives in uh, Thailand, which just seems really credible to me, it has a notable effect on your physique and musculature. Glucose aversion was reported by Dr. Edward Omron, 
So it makes consumption of carbs and sugary food a distinctly unpleasant experience. Thus, it conditions you to avoid unhealthy food, which sounds great for those struggling with obesity or diabetes or failing to find the self-control to change their diets. He also reported that it improved his long-term memory recall and that it made him look less old. It made his face less round and fat, and it made his face more uh, angular and defined. He was also using it, I believe, in combination with NAD+. You might want to check out his his video with his experiences using it. Uh, I will link to that in the article. You also should expect a bit of diarrhea and discomfort the first week on metformin. After one month, the gastrointestinal discomfort will go away. And it might not take a whole month. It might just take a week, but it could take up to a month. So prepare, prepare yourself, prepare your family, prepare those who you share a toilet with. Apparently, it also makes your poop and pee. Are you laughing at me? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. That's the most interesting role. <laughs> that's the essential thing to know. Apparently, it also makes your poop and pee smell worse. So keep the damn window open in your bathroom. It is a willpower diet hack. If you've ever had friends or family that tried to quit smoking cigarettes, they may have tried this drug, this drug Chantix, that makes smoking a really awful experience, conditioning them to overcome their self-destructive addiction. Metformin, for many, has a similar effect on their urge to eat sugary, carbohydrate-rich foods. It's an appetite suppressant for many. On longevity, it was reported, quote, appetite suppression and incidental calorie restriction. I experienced a significant dose-dependent suppression of appetite and thus the number of consumed calories. This effect was significant enough to make me suspect that at least some of the benefits of metformin may be explained by the effects of accidental calorie restriction. Verse cancer. Lewis Cantley of the Cancer Central at Wheel Cornell Medicine asserted, quote, metformin may have already saved more people from cancer deaths than any drug in history. Wow. Here's why black people should take metformin. From Dr. Lee No's recent book, which was Mitochondria and the Future of Medicine, highly recommended for the, the mito geeks out there, the people who really want to understand the state of the art mitochondrial research that is happening. Quote, a thought-provoking study published in June of 2014 demonstrated that metformin consistently benefited African Americans more than their Caucasian counterparts with respect to blood sugar control. Based on our earlier discussion regarding tight 
mitochondria in people with equatorial origins, it's predictable this uncoupler would have benefited those individuals to a significantly greater extent. Let's talk about the cofactors. And the first cofactor is this word that is a drug that I am just not even going to try to pronounce. You can go and find the name of the drug in the article. However, a recent Russian phase three randomized placebo-controlled trial totaling 165 patients noted that the drug with the really weird Russian name was safe and enhanced metformin's positive effect in reducing HbA1c and body weight after 12 weeks. Next, metform next uh, B12. Metformin was especially problematic for those who are B12 deficient. It's a really smart idea to supplement methylated B12 with metformin and niacinamide. There's an niacinamide, you can also call it NAD+, NADH. There's an interesting presentation on a self-experimenter's 23-month trial stacking the two together. Let's talk about usage and dosage. 1,000 milligrams daily is a typical dosage. With metformin, you want to start with a smaller dosage and work up to a larger dosage or whatever your prescription, your physician has prescribed. For example, start with 500 milligrams taken with your largest meal of the day and incrementally increase the dose. Add another 500 milligrams with your meals increasing the dose gradually by 500 milligrams weekly. One to two grams total daily is a typical dosage for treating or preventing diabetes. Bodybuilders may want to take up to 2,000 milligrams, that's two grams, to maximize muscle gains. And you'll, you'll find some people around the internet that are using more than that, that are really kind of getting crazy with like three grams. And I would not advise doing that. I think you're going to run into side effects in that sort of dosage range going above two grams. Let's talk about its price. It's an off patent and very affordable drug costing in between just $5 to $25 monthly for regular users. Depending upon the source, and the source that I would recommend for this is Rue Pharma, and they offer the extended release for just about eight bucks. Their website does list the prices in euros, and they do ship from Moscow, uh, but they do they do offer uh, cryptocurrency as an option. So if you've got some cryptocurrency and you want to pick up some metformin, I think they're a pretty good option. And they do have the pharmaceutical grade metformin at a very uh, affordable, very competitive price. So maybe check them out. Let's talk about its side effects, which are kind of concerning with metformin. Increasing metformin dosage too fast often results in some unpleasant side effects, such as diarrhea, nausea, heartburn, stomach cramps, etc. This can be avoided by starting with a low dose and working your way up 
slowly. This is not, not something that you want to do a, an attack dosage with. So lactic acidosis. You're going to start hearing about this as soon as you start Googling and researching metformin. And James McCormick makes the case at the BCCFP Family Medicine Conference. I link to that presentation worth watching, that lactic acidosis is really not a concern unless you're taking metformin in ridiculous dosages. You really don't need to worry about it if you're taking a reasonable 500 milligrams or one gram daily dose. And lactic acidosis can be reversed by taking vitamin B1. McManus, a very thorough biohacker on longevity, reported that when starting with metformin, the initial gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal discomfort, which quickly subsides. I found this initially to be a significant side effect with the regular fast release version of metformin, even at small dosages like 500 milligrams. This was significantly less of an issue with the slow-release version, with the XR glucophage. That's what Rufarma sells. This side effect seems to go away once the bioflora in your gut rebalances. Another concerning potential side effect. Metformin might lower testosterone. From Tim Ferriss's interview with Dominic D'Agostino, quote, Dom did a test where he took one gram of metformin daily for 12 weeks and had blood work done throughout. His diet and exercise didn't change. In his post-test, his triglycerides were the lowest they had ever been. His HDL was around 98, bumping up from 80, and his C-reactive protein wasn't even measurable. The only side effect he saw was that his testosterone was lower, and that came back into normal range once he stopped taking metformin. So that's something to think about. Conflicts. you Things that you shouldn't take it with. In combination with uh, beta blockers, it may lower blood pressure, it may lower blood sugar, I'm sorry, Quinolones, which are antibiotics, it may increase blood sugar. Simetidine, a heartburn drug, has been implicated in one of the rare cases of lactic acidosis. So if you, you really want to be mindful and do some research before you start creating a real cocktail of different drugs with your metformin. Here's the last side effect that <laughs> was really kind of troubling to me. Apparently, metformin has a very distinctive smell that makes your poop and pee smell awful. And according to some biohackers, this smell persists as long as you're taking metformin. It doesn't make your skin or breath stink, but your family, roommates, or coworkers may hate you if they have to use the same bathroom after you. So I polled the members of a Metformin Facebook group about this very unappealing potential side effect, and the majority of the users responded that it had no effect on their bathroom smells, which is kind of uh, 
kind of encouraging? Here's what I asked them. I said, doing my preliminary research on metformin and I'm hearing that it makes your poop and pee smell awful. I don't want to terrorize my family with my biohacking in El Baño. Does it make your business in the bathroom smellier? Is there any way to mitigate this? And the majority of the people said, no effect. A few people said that it makes my poop and pee smell worse. And some people said, whatever, man, get over it. Just, uh, you know, clench, clench your nose. Who cares anyways? We're, we're hardcore biohackers. We don't care if we make our bathroom smell like a skunk died in there. Let's talk about the, the risk grade of metformin. I'm going to give metformin a B minus. Here's why. It is heavily studied worldwide, which is encouraging. However, the most authoritative meta-analysis of clinical trials couldn't conclude that it was useful and helpful. It has undergone a massive clinical trial giving metformin to over 5,000 people and a 10-year follow-up study was conducted. If it produced serious negative side effects in a statistically significant proportion of its users, this giant study would have noted that. And it didn't, so that's encouraging. The major thing that scares people about metformin is the lactic acidosis, which can actually kill you. However, unless you have liver or renal issues or you're drastically deficient in B vitamins, you really don't need to worry much about this. And there's some concern about its effect on kidney function. From a 2017 study of 600 Taiwanese, metformin may have an adverse effect on renal function in patients with type 2 diabetes and moderate CKD. It's a somewhat contentious drug among the biohacking gurus. Dr. Mercola called Mercola, sorry, called it a mitochondrial poison and Dave Asprey agreed. He said, "I'm scared of metformin and I don't use it." Ben Greenfield disagreed, saying, "I'm no longer opposed to the idea of using metformin. I think metformin is Okay. Biohacking bodybuilder extraordinaire Jay Campbell has used it for over 17 years and contends that metformin is a perfectly safe medication and also the most studied drug in the history of the world. Wow, that's a tall claim and I cannot verify it. So there is a metformin alternative. You know, at this point, you might be saying to yourself, Metformin sounds awful. No thanks. And I'll direct your attention to the nutraceutical berberine. It stimulates the effects of diet, exercise, and weight loss. TNation.com advises a dosage of 500 milligrams three times a day. You can take it as a capsuled supplement or as an herbal tea steeped in boiling water. That sounds nice. That sounds more like my sort of biohack. There are four clinical studies totaling over 1,300 diabetics evaluating berberine's effect on insulin, 
a 2003 Chinese study evaluated its effect on exercise capacity. Quote, after treatment with berberine, there was a significantly greater increase in exercise capacity improvement with the dyspnea fatigue index. Although I've heard from a credible source that berberine as a supplement is problematic, that many vendors of the stuff are not selling pure berberine. Thus, I'd urge you to only order it or consume it after you see a COA verifying the quality. The evidence for berberine as an insulin hack for diabetics and as an AMPK exercise in a bottle hack for gym bros is not as strong as with metformin. It seems to me ultimately that there's a lot of better lifestyle options to turn to before using this pharmaceutical. In conclusion, I think I'm going to pass on metformin. The main upside for a healthy guy like me in my mid-30s would be muscle gains in the gym. I don't really care about bodybuilding. I don't care about having huge muscles. I go to the gym several times a week to stay lean and maintain health. The first week on metformin is supposed to be pretty unpleasant. And it makes your business in the bathroom a very pungent affair. Supposedly, I don't see the smell being worth the potential muscle gains. Sorry, call me, call me vain <laughs> if you want. The potential side effects make it very unappealing to an otherwise healthy, happy, non-diabetic biohacker like myself. Those are my thoughts on metformin. I do hope that you'll check out the article. I will be updating it if, uh, you know, some piece of evidence comes along that changes my mind. Finally, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal Notices If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at LimitlessMindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.